Hey, Unashamed Nation, so glad you tuned into the podcast today. We know you're getting a lot of great Bible, and we're loving doing it. I want to tell you about Dad's show, In the Woods with Phil, that's on Blaze TV. I know some of you know about that, and, and right now we're doing a current special called In the Quarantine with Phil. These guys at Blaze TV, they came to us and said, we want a podcast about the Bible. And can you believe that? And so we said, man, we're willing to do it. And so this is an opportunity for you guys to be able to support them and to support what we're trying to do with Dad's show. So I want to let you know about a great savings. The biggest they've ever had is $99 a year normally to subscribe to In the Woods with Phil. You don't get just his show, you get 22 other shows like Marco Ben and Glenn Beck and a lot of other great people as well. But you can get it right now for $69 a year. $30 off, it's a great deal. You go to blazetv.com slash unashamed and you have two different codes. You can put in Phil or you can put in Jace. Either one will get you the deal, 30 bucks off. blazetv.com slash unashamed. Phil or Jace is your code. So check it out, sign up. The savings won't last much longer and get this thing done and get some good content. I am unashamed. What about you? Well, yeah, and, and Kuvion, he was the, he looked like, he looked like the love child of Benjamin Franklin and Christopher Lloyd yeah. to me, because he had the hair, yeah. but he had the, Kind of ball on top. Yep. He, you know, That's right. Ben Franklin look. Yep. But he's all. It, he was like that. He's an know? artist. He's an artist. Once I found out he was an artist, I said, "Oh, it's all coming together." <laughs> but this is the the epicenter of weirdness. That's right. And I always told him. I said, "Always remember, Cuvion." I said, "You have a a tremendous skill set." And he was carving decoys and showing them to me, carving mm-hmm. things out of wood. And I mean, when he got done with them, I mean, unbelievable on how they look just like the, what you see flying around in the air. Right. I said, this dude, but once I zeroed in on that, I said, I, remember this, Kuvio, you know, I said, weirdness down in here, <laughs> weirdness is in. That's right. It's, it's, on, it's, it's the not only out. place where weird is good. That's right. So, And so, now he's, he's turned out some of the world's, you know, he's one of oh, the, he can the carve a best now. in the world. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I inspired him to go on with that. I said, keep that up. And I said, he said, well, right now, I just nobody knows who I am. You've I always said, had I a said, way of attracting really weird people. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. It's a magnet. But it's been amazing to watch how some of them, people, I wonder why. people wouldn't you get? give them the time of day. I would. I said, well, I said. I learned a lot. I from always this. used to say people would ask me, my friends, they would say, who are all those people that are always with Phil, you know? And I said, well, and I, my, just the first thing that came to my mind, I said, it's people who have fallen through the cracks of society. That is correct. <laughs> it's, there's always been an entourage. Phil's so called falling Nike. through the cracks, but all of them yeah. really, they, they, their, their worth they didn't realize their worth, and I was just trying to get them to see. Look, yeah, you're God really good up. at bringing out the best in people like like Man, that. Because I mean, some of these would be like, yeah, some of these, well, some of them when they first showed up, I was like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> 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 so, Even like Kuvion, yeah, he didn't say a word for maybe I'd say six months. I never heard him utter. That's right. A sound. He was just always That's around. Right. Well, when he told he's me, he's seeing the world totally different. Because he's an artist, and most people don't understand the mind of artists. A lot of them are musically yeah. inclined. A lot of them are just painting. But he also well, he and fell. his wife both, and she's an artist, and they met, and that's how they 
because both of them are sort of. But one most of the, people would say weird, but they're really not weird. It's no, they're just, weird. Because look, one of the first things he told me was when was he remembered being in the womb. Yeah, and I said. And I think Jay I said, said that's well, a very good memory. Well, Jay said, "I think I figured out your problem." And he said, "What's that?" He said, "You're a bald faced liar." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stone never really took the Stone didn't out. get it. He didn't get it. He, and, and I, I said, "How was it, Cuvion?" He said, "It was warm, and it was dark." <laughs> he said, "And I remember seeing literally the light at the end of the tunnel." And he said, "And I came out, and he said, I remember looking around like, whoa." <laughs> What what is this? You know, he, he really said it birth. believable. I mean, it was he was saying. Oh, I that, believe him. Do you? Oh, I believe him. I, I think he thinks he remembers yeah. that. Yeah, I believe him. <laughs> I can't wait to see. But what all I can doing. tell you is, some people you run up on have very good memories, and he's one of them. Yep. He and you can remember your own birth. He I said, "I remember you, being there, rolling around, saying, well, how do you I see get how you get here? the best out of these people.' Because usually, when I hear that oh, story, I'm I'm creating some social distancing, <laughs> and I'm I'm moving forward. Yeah, you're to like hear more. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a difference between you and me, Jason. <laughs> so, did you speak of speak probing of, <laughs> the deep recesses of the brain, Jason? You will come up with a lot of things." Oh my goodness! So, so speaking of weird, did did Dan show you the video of one of our podcast listeners named Dale? I think he's from Oregon. That sent I saw you, that. Sent you. You I, saw it, didn't you? Yeah, you said it. Yes, yeah, he did a video, a tribute to you for your birthday. It was really good. It was really. I was acting like you he haven't showed seen me that. that. And he and he he plays a uh, he plays it's a box guitar. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a handmade guitar. Yeah, cigar box guitar. But it was good. Called. I thought it was. And really then he good. shot to make the two holes in the guitar. Right. I yeah. noticed he was being he very careful shotgun. with the shooting the thing to get the air flowing. It's <laughs> the same thing. I said Look, this, that guy was really he, zoned in. But you saw he's like a he's like a he works for like a huge company. Sure. I mean it's like well he, yeah he's, he's an works. engineer. Those oh, are the kinds yeah. that people say I take note of people like that. Yeah. By the way, I got a letter from a guy, and uh, <laughs> we won't I won't say where he's from, but I'll just say in the in the Canadian wilderness. And after we got a lot of Canadian. After reading his listeners. letter, yeah, uh, I, I I read his letter and I, I broke out of what Jace. Every time we see something coming out of Canada, you know, oh Canada. Somebody, did you see somebody sent you the words? Somebody actually sent me. The <laughs> that was whole Ian. Song. Ian sent him. Thanks Ian and, for that. Uh, it's mom a was, great tune, and I love to hear yeah. the. But Canadian you never singing. got past Oh Canada. You never really knew the rest of it, did you? Until you got the. I word. didn't, but. Like I used to have this thing. I didn't tell this story before, but when I we would really just rip a bunch of ducks, it just it just burst forth. I mean, I, I just like stood up and just we've all Canada. Yeah. I was like, they came all the way from I, Canada. Well, Jace, th- this guy says y- y'all are in the you know middle of a pretty good little thing with a flood and in the river. He said, but where I am, he said, you at least need to entertain the thought. He invited us up, and uh, that's the first time I've ever said, you know what, I may go to Canada. So to my friend who wrote the letter – I, I, we are, we, we're Jason contemplating. And I are Just really go, uh, thinking Coach about, huh? we, we come and coming. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to make that trip. So I just want my man to know up there in Canada, we're, we're I, contemplating that very seriously. And Dan will be, he's the contact man. Dan will be the one talking with you, but, and we're going to 
further investigate where he is there. The it's airport. the birthplace. It's a little airport. We uh, saw it's that. It's the birthplace like of our mallard ducks. That's it. I mean, that's the well, spot. Now, now, Jace, you want to talk about in the middle of nowhere. This I like dude the middle of nowhere. is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, you told me something when I was a kid. I always wanted to see Canada. I wanted to vis- get a visual. I've been there, but I did events there, Willie and I, and uh, three or four. So I was only there for a short period of the time. The show was a huge hit. Duck Dynasty was a huge hit in Canada. I've always wondered, one of their top uh, how come that piece of real estate is almost going up there and you're looking at what it looked like a long time ago? Because I mean, there's nobody up there. Nobody's there. I, I, I it, how did it escape? Cold. It's too hard to live there. It's too cold is what it is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like Alaska. Canada. <laughs> you know what I mean? They... They get about a month. So we would where it's go above in freezing. September, thinking it's a very cold place in September because we'd have to go early in the year, or it'd be just locked up. I guess ice. Yeah, because oh, yeah. they're the first one to go. That's why I've never been to Alaska because they say it's so remote. I was scared that if I went, I wouldn't come back on purpose. Oh, you would love it because yeah. I love places where it's an, an adventure, a frontier. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you know, it was amazing one day. I mean, so was, we will be back in touch with you, my man. Yeah, so we were in uh, – dad went uh, with us. I've been several times, but we all went – we did an appearance in Alaska. And uh, we went up to Franklin Graham's place in Port Oswald. Remember that? Flew across mountain <laughs> ranges. I mean, landed on a – unbelievable. It's just – uh, Not much of an airstrip, but it was – it worked. It you, know, you know, it's hard to – because it's not part of the lower 48, <clears throat> you don't realize how big Alaska is. There's, they had a picture, Jay's, of it showed it. If you took Alaska and just put it in the U.S., the lower 48, mm-hmm. it takes up about a third of the whole continental U.S. Oh, it's, it's massive. You know, they had these shirts that was like uh, Texas, you know, claims they're the biggest. They were like, yeah, she's like her little sister. You know, it shows a picture yeah. of the two of them. I mean, that is a massive yep. piece yeah, I of like real estate. Why did they get that piece of real estate for, historically speaking, $15 million or something? It was pretty I don't cheap. Remember. I remember. I don't know the – I know the Louisiana purchase was that was like thirty million, yep, yep. which was good, that, good trade. That was the deal of all deals. Oh yeah, old Thomas Jefferson, he was a slick one. That's why you like him, right? Dad? That's why one of the reasons I like him, <laughs> which is really good. I was checking to see how much they paid for it. One of my buddies asked if you needed some Mayhall jelly, which is funny. <laughs> I went. I, I was out of jelly, and my Nicaraguan daughter, she loves the slow, slow jelly. And look, when I first said Most that. Most people never heard of the fruit slow. But look, when she first came to be with us, you had just harvested some slows and made jelly. But every time I said it, I would say it like that. I'd say, you want to try some of this slow jelly? Well, she's just now learning the English language. You know, Well, she thought, that's it. It's not. It's always slow jelly. Because yeah, so she, she came back. It. She came back from college and visiting, and she said, "I I need to talk to you." And I was like, "What?" She said, "They made fun of me, you know, at, at college." And I said, "Why?" She said, "Well, I was telling them about the slow jelly, <laughs> and every time I would say it, I would say it that way." Well, they were like, "Why? Why do you keep doing that?" It was funny the first time, but now, and she's like. Oh, that's not how you say it? I was like, well, no, that's not how you say it. The reason I said it's slow and I dragged out slow is because it's a late, the latest plum in North it's America. S- and it's S-L-O. It, is, this, is that the way I think it's it? S-L-O-E. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, uh, I think it's E. Yeah, it's not. So that was, I thought but it's that was a, it's a fall plum, which you don't see many plums that get ripe in the fall. 
So it's an August plum. Well, you know what it's famous for? I mean, like, we only know it from jelly. But yep. you know what it's more famous for in the world? I it's don't know. gin. Slow yeah. gin. Well, yeah. They make gin out of it. Now, yep. see, you took in, a perfectly good Scotland. conversation and ruined it. No, it's, Look, it's true. I the, just made this a, a statement the, of fact. The cost, and by the way, it's a wild berry, and so is the Mayhall. Which yep. they they're in May. That's a little more, and it's haul like he haul. I think no, it's haul like a a haul is a H-A-W. some of them have H A W. Some haul trees have fruit, but some I don't. I meant the spelling. It's yeah, got H-A-W. thorns. It has thorns on it. You know, right. Alaska calls seven point two million dollars. Seven million dollars. Just think, man. <laughs> if you, I mean, that's a lot of money. But I'm saying you could have bought a small country, Alaska. <laughs> well, you did buy a small. Yeah. So is that who did we buy from? I think Russia. Oh man, boy, somebody got hosed. That's, uh, we got the French and we got the the Russians. Hey, we're we're C plus people. We're not like you know. Say, <laughs> so why didn't y'all research that? Y'all could tell us about. No, it's, it. Well, I, 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 I'll hear about it because every time we we. Don't know something. Somebody that's listening. Sometimes ignorance is a dangerous thing, and sometimes it's a it's a good thing. Common yeah. sense, we're pretty good on that. But like, yeah, we bought it from Russia. Well, I'm yep. guessing you were right. Yeah, you were right. There Boy, you, you had the amount and the place. Well, you had fifteen million. But it was oh like yeah, half, half, half of that. They had I it do all. have a couple it was a degrees. So some of the things that I, <laughs> which is shocking, I got some of the things the professor said while I was in college. So it wasn't like I I was listening. <laughs> but your knowledge retention is impressive. Look, yeah, I can't thanks. remember back for oh, about a week. So yeah. all this meaningless knowledge that you always come I up have with, a lot of, and I, I don't a lot of meaningless facts. I can't. <laughs> But I am I, the older I get, the more I lose that capacity. I have noticed that that things don't come quite as quick as they used to. I hate to hear that because you're in your fifties and I'm in my seventies. So when is it? You know, you know, you've held up remarkably well, Dad. You know, yeah, especially right. concerning our family. I mean, your your brothers. You know, it didn't. So. I remember when if someone told me we're going to go over there and this guy's seventy four, I would have said old timer. But now I'm looking at 74. I said, well, it's not that old. I mean, right. I'm, I'm But we're thinking, saying old timer. I'll say, yeah, yeah. I'm calling you old codger. And, <laughs> Is that right? But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to tell you, I'm just being brutally honest. I've noticed with age, uh, a lot of people miss this. With age, the, you, you, you can, you, in society, you tend to be able to get away with more because – when they hear you pontificating on certain issues, they'll say, well, it's just some old dude. Oh, that's it. You know that's what right. I mean? Oh, I can yeah. get away with more than I could at, oh, at 30. I mean, There's no inside. doubt. At 30, you can't get away with anything. They say, hey, you know better. But at 70-something, they're like, ah, some old <laughs> cat raving. When you get- He's hollering about Jesus or something. You know? Look, when you get to 90, you can say anything. Oh, that's because right. Because Missy's grandma. So what are they going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, we take her out to the restaurant. She, she's like, hey, that, this is terrible. Or, you know. Can you get my coat? You know, I mean, she just says whatever is on her mind. If the meal's terrible, she's like, look, tell that guy back there, this is terrible. I mean, she just, <laughs> and, and they kind of smile. And yeah. Because it's old. like she's an old person. She's 90. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What are you, you going to do? Well, I want to answer one question because I'm well, hanging on, John. Let's, let's take a break and then we'll do that. So uh, I, I've noticed, Jace, that one thing is about getting older. You know, you and I play golf or try to is inflammation is a bummer yeah you know inflamed back shoulder elbow problems i mean the hardest thing is we play golf the hardest thing is to to not hurt from 
trying to play yeah, golf. Just now it's a, you know, I used to play every day. Now I got to take a couple of days off. And if I go frog hunting, I got to take a week off. I thought it was a leisure type activity. Well, it's supposed to be. But, but you're contorting. You're putting your body in positions where at a certain age it's saying, wait a minute, <laughs> hang on here. Things start I, I tried it one time in my life, just one round of yeah. golf. And after that, I said, no. No. But you do other things, busting beaver down. I, th- yeah. I said, I think if you were pretty good at it, it'd be fun. But So anyway, it, the inflammation basically is where you get back, neck, shoulder, leg pain. It all comes from this. And it can cause permanent damage. I didn't realize that. Too. I did a little deep dive into it. So when you take a pain reliever, you take an ibuprofen or something, you're really just relieving a symptom. You're not getting to the thing. So I say all that. To say that some folks uh, that I had a great conversation with came up with a product called Omega XL, and it's basically farmed from mussels that grow in uh, New Zealand. And so the whole thing is a muscle doesn't have inflammation because it's just a muscle. That's what it does. So it made sense to me that if you were going to extract something to put into your body that helps your inflammation problems – this makes sense. So uh, I've started the product. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know how this works out, Jason. I may be limber again when this is all over. When you think about it, Phil, what we're doing, I'm taking my left shoulder and I'm putting it past my right foot. And then I'm taking this shoulder and I'm putting it past the left foot as hard as I can. Well, all these joints in there and all, it, it's causing some inflammation. I've noticed inflammation. That you don't see any elderly good golfers. No, they usually play out. No, they did. Even but the best, they just had the gray did. hair. Comes. You know why they're not playing good? Inflammation. There you go. They need Omega XL. So <laughs> they're inflamed. They're inflamed. Yeah. That's and right. And they can't putt. I got you. So <laughs> that's true. So anyway, here's what you do: you go to Omega XL dot com if you want to find out about this product, or you can call them. 800-844-4888. So either way, OmegaXL.com slash Phil, uh, you're going to be able to get a second bottle free. So you get if you pay for one, you get a second one free. Yeah, I was saying, order me about a half gallon of that. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're going to get some for you, Dad, so you can try it. And we'll, hey. we'll talk about how it helps. Muscles. There you go. OmegaXL.com slash Phil or 800-844-4888. We're in John 5. And I got a question that was, it kind of hit me because I realized the pain in the in the message, which was basically a guy, I think he was from New York. <clears throat> he had a 15-year-old that he basically described as, he was fine, we're going to church, or this is fine, and then I look up and like, what the heck happened? Like, just total rebellion. And uh, having had three teenagers, and I still got one, I understand, you know, when you see that that happening. I always bring up my first reaction is 1 Corinthians 10, because in an illustration that Paul used from Israel's history, there was kind of a stepping stone to how when you see somebody with a really bad attitude, he basically gave the steps that are taken to reach that point which was basically, and you can read 1 Corinthians 10, it, it said they set their hearts on evil things. That's where that's where everything always starts in our lives, especially teenagers. They see something or they see their friend, and all of a sudden they say, I'm going to do this. So they make that decision to do something they know they're not supposed to do. 
Well, then the second point is, which leads to idolatry. Well, then you've got to change your image of the almighty real God because you know, especially if you were raised in church or whatever, that what you're wanting to do is not right. Yeah. Because you think about what is idolatry? All it is is something different than the actual God. So now you have a basis for excusing your behavior. Well, then the third step is you do it because now you've got it worked out in your mind idolatry, rationalizing, however, what you really want to do, well, then you do it. And the next part, it says, do not test the Lord. Because what happens is, contrary to what we all think, especially the teenagers, once you commit a sin, what really happens in the moment? Most of the time, there's very little consequences. You know, it it, it happens, and then you think you get away with it. Well, So then as you continue sinful behavior, you become more and more brash, which leads to testing the Lord. All, now, all of a sudden, you're shaking your fist at God, saying. And so then the last point, which is where we started, and it says don't and grumble. So it, you get a bad attitude. And you're having difficulty getting along with people. It's more difficult oh, to get yeah. along. You're combustible. See, even Aristotle, pre-Jesus, is why we mentioned last week, if Aristotle, he's pre-Jesus, 350-whatever B.C., well, but he's concluded from his philosophical uh, intellect. intellect, he was. He said, I, I noticed, <clears throat> and it stuck with me when I read it, I said, hmm, he was saying virtuous people are happier than people who are not virtuous. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't put it together <clears throat> because he didn't have the model yet. Yep. to know what life's all about. You right. see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He, he forgot one little word because he's he's pre-Jesus, so and he doesn't know much about uh, Yahweh uh, or the Hebrew Jewish history. Right. Well, all well, of a sudden, he, he wasn't aware of the prophets that predicted the perfect model is coming yep. and is going to show you all things. But, so when he, but if he had known Jesus, he'd have said, Look, well, it's he, he would have said what you just got through saying, Jace. Right. Well, Even it, Aristotle, Jace. It, so remember this: no. you at your stage, <laughs> you're past the intellect of Aristotle, one of the greatest Greek philosophers of all time. You know more than he. You understand more because of the model that came 2,020 years ago, that which was 350 years Aristotle. after Aristotle. But it's really not true because I got that from the ultimate. Intellect, which was the Holy Spirit of God who wrote it. I just happened to read it and then <laughs> pontificate on it, which that was impressive that I knew that from memory. I'm not bragging. I'm but just because saying. you have the you had uh, the mind of Christ again yeah. in the Corinthian letter, because and, you have the Spirit of God, and the ones right. who don't are looking at you and they're perplexed. They're like, mm-hmm. "What's all this hollering around about Jesus?" We're trying to present the model of perfection, yeah. perfect God. Perfect human, no mistakes, perfect savior, king, healer, miracle worker, redeemer, prophet, savior. You, you look at yeah. that and you're like, whoa, whoa, here. Well, it makes you smart. Oh, very much so. <laughs> so <laughs> smarter but, than But here's why I wanted to bring this. That's as smart as you need to become. <laughs> well, yeah. And so the reason I bring this up, though, is because a common thing, and you've probably seen it in all the questions we get. So he said he's got this situation. I know what that's like. You yeah. know, his 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 house is a living hell because he's got a rebellious teenager, teenager yeah. here. So he said, "What verses do you recommend 
that I share with him. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I thought it just doesn't work that way. You know, especially with kids that are raised in the church, they've heard the verses. Guess what? That there was a disconnect. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not throwing the guy on the bus because my response was, I said, look, it's really not about the verses. His image of God has changed and we need him to have the correct image of God. And, the point I made in the message I sent back to him was when you read this, it matters more if you know or have a have a good view of the person who wrote it. Right. If you're detached from that, and I used the illustration, it's like my phone. If someone sends me a message, you know, meet me at, you know, Johnny's Pizza. We have the greatest pizza here in this area. Oh, I had some on. last night. And, yeah. and by the so, way, now you can, like me, I'm trying to do low carb. You can get a pizza bowl. You get pizza without the crust. It's still delicious. Well, you just ruined the pizza for me, though. No, 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 no. It's, it's So it's I say, it, meet me at Johnny's Pizza, <clears throat> look, at 11. But it's someone that's not in my phone. It's someone I don't know. Well, guess what? I'm not meeting the guy at 11. I don't know who this is. You know? And I, you see what I'm on my point? The, it, you look at. Something is more valuable to you if you know the – if you said meet me at 11 Johnny's Pizza, I'm like, okay, I'll be there. And so I said, if you read him a bunch of verses, he's just going to sit there. And then when you get finished, he's going to go back to his room, do whatever he was doing. So I recommended that he go to the book of John, which he put in there. I, I know you recommended before about reading the book of John. I was like, but don't read it for the verses. You you, you have to reintroduce Jesus to him because that's the only way that the verses that you would read would mean something. So that was kind of my, my take. But I said that in light of what Jesus did with religious people in this context because John 5, 39, which we keep hammering on, he says you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. So right yet there, you Jay, refuse to come to me and have life. So right there, I'll just interject a little point here, which proves usually <clears throat> the excuse that everyone uses. They'll say, well, nobody's perfect, and they will go with that. And – they are almost right. They're almost right. Nobody is perfect. I said, you, you, you miss one person. Mm-hmm. There's one who is perfect. Yeah. All the rest of us, you're correct. But when you say no one's perfect, you say, oh, they, we're zeroed in on the one that you just, the one that just was doing the talking. Mm-hmm. You diligently say the scriptures and all that, and you have an escape path saying, well, everybody else is doing it, and there's no – what's in it for me? And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I don't believe it. It's just words on a page. Well, another they thing – to do, They fail to see the model of perfection. Now, once you zone in on him, then you say, hmm. But how many times have you had people come to you and say – uh, I don't share Jesus because I don't know the verses. And many, I, many, many, and many. And I'm thinking, what? I'm like, you don't have to show them the verses. Just introduce him. Because they didn't and have the, the, And look, but then they're like, what? I'm they like, they well, didn't have verses when they were doing it during this yeah, time because they had like, been written now down. Now look, yet. I love the Bible. They didn't have the verses. I love the verses, but <clears throat> you got to know Jesus, and you're trying to introduce that person. 
verses are great. And if you know, know where they're at, okay, fine. But that's not a valid excuse. It has nothing to do with how many verses you know in your point. head. Do you, know, do you know Jesus? You know, that, that would be like me saying, yeah, I go to somewhere and I don't introduce my wife. And I'm like, well, because I don't have the manual. Oh, well, no, she's my wife. She's standing here. You know what I mean? This is, this is who I am. Yeah. You, I mean, ha- you don't have to have a book about and it. And guess what? If I don't introduce her when I get get there i'm gonna hear about that yeah the the, the great the great uh, truth is and uh, the shocking revelation is nobody no human is perfect but the one who came down in flesh 2020 years ago when he showed up he's going to show you so that's why it doesn't say follow the scriptures like follow the scriptures and do this and do that and don't do wrong and right. may always do right you got one verse we after the other to, we moved away from he just it. says look just walk as I did. You'll be okay. So I got a verse for you. Let's take a break and then I'll read to you. So Hebrews 12, too, Dad, which is exactly what you just said. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So because he's perfect, therefore he makes us perfect in him. Who for, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yep. And I'll add to that, anyone who lives on milk is where your man is, Jace. He's living on milk. He's, he's heard the verses, but watch. Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, just doing what's right. Watch. Solid foods for the mature who by here's, – here's the, the, the guy's problem, the young buck he's dealing with – Solid foods for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You say there's a process that everybody goes through, and you say there's a training process. And until you take part and constantly by using and seeing and observing and walking, you say, constant use, train themselves. Everybody's waiting on someone to point them to a magic bullet where they'll quit acting like they're acting, quit getting drunk, high drug, and you're struggling with all that. You say, they're going to have to do it themselves. They're going to have to train themselves to take what's written, apply it, and walk like the perfect one. Walk like him. Become like him. Keep your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him like that verse you wrote. Fix well, your eyes I've on him. I've often said the most difficult people to reach in the world for Jesus are people that are raised in the church because they hear the verses, they go through the routine, they see the flaws in their family or their parent, you know, so then they're thinking it's hypocritical. And, yep. And they're just, they don't, they miss who it was pointing to with them in a relationship with a real living God through Jesus. They, they just somehow miss it, and then they get up and rebel. Well, it's and like what re- we rebel. do with our Labrador Retrievers. We're patient with them. <clears throat> we interact with them. We train them to be disciplined, and they have to sit there, they have to wait, and they have to stay hidden like we are, and we they have to go after your ducks, and then they come back with your duck. We train them, but you say, but it's constant training all the all the time. You're constantly training them. You love them. They're your, they're your, they're your, they're your 
prized Labrador retriever. Mm-hmm. You love them, you feed them well, you take care of them. Same thing with human beings when it comes to spiritual matters. Well, Same thing. And the problem is training is the essential. Sa- the sad truth is with kids, because <clears throat> I was a prodigal myself. So, I mean, I went off the reservation. And the problem was until I got to a low point where I needed Christ, what you were describing. I mean, and you don't want to ever see your kids By get By the there. way, Al, uh, you, you went off the reservation. The one who sired you, that'd be me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even on the reservation <laughs> when right. you were born. You understand? <laughs> no. So, well, you, hey, I didn't give you much help, my man. Well, you didn't, and and some of that probably tied into it. But the, my well, point, yeah, my, my point is, it's it's like that with any of us. And, and I'm like you, Jace. I mean, I raised teenagers, and now I got grandkids who are teenagers. And so you, I'm watching it now, part two, you know. You know, in fact, uh, I tried my best out to train you and Jace and Willie and, and uh, uh, Jep. I tried my best <laughs> to, to train y'all, but, you know, shortcomings as a parent and all that. But I knew, but it wasn't I your... knew you were going to have, and Jace, I knew y'all were going to have teenagers. Y'all were going to have to do the mm-hmm. training part. So I said, well, let me just see if I can lay a foundation. Yeah, I don't blame. You know, I don't a little blame. hands off, I guess. But the best decision you made was when you decided to come to Jesus, and in an effort to kind of get away from your past, you moved down here. That, that's because true. Because you're, you, you think about guarding your kids. You, you are indirectly, kind of protecting us. Because now you think about what, what the number one thing that kids get into is that cell phone. Because yep. people. Most adults, I say most, but a lot, they have no idea yeah, what I their just, kids. I just outlawed that yeah. out of hand. I said, no yeah. cell phone. They have no. Well, it's outlawed in my house. If you're <laughs> if you're under the age of eighteen and you walk into my house, you turn your phone in. And my daughter, she doesn't have one. And you know what? She's fine with it. But and I'm like, when you re- when you think you reach an age where you're ready, because she's really turned around. You know her life. I was like, you can come back and we'll talk about it, but. I said that six months ago. Well, and she, she had, had to, she and, had and she's young, and and she had to figure that out as well. I mean, we, we were a part of that happening, and and fortunately, yeah, and I think it's some of it's normal, right? You know what I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. It's a hard thing as a parent to allow your children to make that call because you want to make it. I mean, up until this point in their life, you've made every call for them. You, you tell you what to wear, what to eat, everything, and then all of a sudden they get in this place. They're still under your umbrella of faith because they're in your family. But let's face it, a teenager, they're now beginning to think their own thoughts. They're, when they're, y'all got old enough to sin and it became evident, then then you notice, then it was down to counsel, advice. Yep. Then we're talking. The, the the thing about spare the rod and all that stuff, that's all over now. Yeah. I mean, then, then we began to just – and then that's gone on into y'all's life now. That's why you don't see me running up at your house every time you turn around dictating policy. Well, I remember the last time you tried, you know, normal punishment on me, which had worked to keep me in line up until I was 16 years old. But then – the frustration was you realize that, you know what, a, a belt whipping now is not going to do it anymore. Nope. I mean, Ivan's a grown man almost. And so the deal was, I mean, we can get out here and fist fight in the yard and you could just, you know beat the crap out of me, but yep. it's not going to change my heart. That's so right. I, I felt like that frustration you had at that point was one. And you told me, I mean, I'll never forget it. You said you, you got two choices. You can stay here and get lined out. That's what we want you to do. Or you got to hit the road and go 
Go live it. We'll be here I, when you get. We'll be here. I was seventeen. Then that has to be a hard conversation to have with your seventeen-year-old son. It really is. I mean, because you were saying I can't do anything else to line you out. I mean, my life was just out of control. Yep. And so I took off. I mean, your that's what child I rearing was over. It was. Now. It was over. It was that that last point, uh, and I can only, looking back on it. I By can the way, Al, I'm glad you did stop. Put your brakes on in there, back way back, and show back a, up. Well, your main. What do you say? The fattened catfish. I mean, <laughs> well, I always say when I came back. Which, by the way, let me just say this. I was talking about Jason the other day because Jason and I are adult friends as brothers. We throw each other under the bus. That's the Robertson way. But Jace was was he was a little narc, but but he was right. I mean, you were right. Yeah, I was trying. To you were do the right. You were trying thing. to do the right thing, but of course, I just abused him over it because I was doing mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Yep. But now, as adults, it's funny because we rely on each other. I mean, you know, now oh, we yeah. have to raise our kids, our grandkids, you know, everything. But even to this day, if we see somebody that we think's getting out of line or doing, we have the. Uh, we have the relationships where we challenge each other, you yeah. know, like, you know, I wouldn't do that. Or we have those conversations because what you don't want to do is just act like it's not going on. Right. I mean, getting back to this, I remember this the, response, you can't yeah. just go to your room. He's in his room and you're no, we got to have a conversation. Yeah, I remember the Jephthah intervention yep. and you three, you and Willie and Jace were there and I was there. Miss Kay was there, the mother. Yep, he was, and yeah. we sat down and we started telling Jep on the path he was on was not the good path. And I remember Jep's reply after each one of us talked to him. Mm. It was a Robertson intervention. Yes. Uh, I said, you, you you will go under what I'm calling house arrest. And, <laughs> and he that, was that, willing. That will last for the next six months. So we lined him all out. And, then, and Jep's reply was, he said, I have just one question to y'all. He's talking to his mom, his dad, and his three brothers. He said, what took y'all so long? Yeah, yeah, I was really he was surprised. He said, where have he, you been? Yeah. And we're like, well, I was where? I was surprised when he said that because I thought, what's he gonna say? Yeah, you know, you're well, not I was just thinking he'd walk out the door and that'd be the end of do what I did yeah. and just leave. But I he mean, got I, it. But he got it. Know, he was ready. Was yeah. Now he's raising his own children. He's got a bunch of them. Got, you know, a bunch <laughs> well, of little girls all cooped up. I heard a guy, he's done a really good job. You agree? <laughs> his out with kids his, are awesome. I heard a guy preach a sermon one time. I want to bring up point because it was kind of a poignant. Thing he Hang said. on, before we do that, let's take a break. And he, I never forgot it. He said, the way you were raised may be the reason that you turned out the way you are, good or bad, but it's not an excuse. You know, at some point, it's a good point. You, you say, okay, what now? I mean, because that's what Jesus is in the transformation business. He's in. You look at all these situations that we're going through in John. You talking about new beginnings and new new starts. And so I think that's that's something to remember. Because a lot of people they they'll just blame right. the reason they turned out the way they did on that. And look, they're right. But guess what? What are you going to do about that's it? That's exactly right. <laughs> you can start over. So so when I tell you know, when I tell my story, or I guess the way we say it, you know, in our circles, there's, you give your testimony. When you talk about, when I talk about that, because I link a lot of things together as our family, but I just do it from a personal standpoint, is I talk about me getting to that point, and I have no blame for you and mom. I mean, you weren't a Christian for the first, you know, 10 years of my life, but, I mean, I still had every opportunity when you became a Christian, I mean, for four or five years to do the right thing, and did yep. for a while. Yep. So it was me that made the call, but when I came back, 
from New Orleans. That's where I was living like a, a heathen. When I get when I came back home, I finally just you know, guy almost killed me. It's a it's a crazy story. So when I got back home, I get there, and it was funny because with Jeff, it was a little bit different scenario because you know he kind of turned himself in once we you know confronted him. But me, I just turned myself in, and I was like, because I kind of was, I compare it to Luke 15, which is the story of the prodigal son that went away. And when he came back, you know, the father met him, you know, so the the principle there was, God was like, well, he wanted him to come back. Mm-hmm. So you and mom did the exact same thing. You literally met me in the yard. Both of y'all did. Mom was crying. And then I didn't know exactly what to say, because I thought it was going to be like hellfire, you know. Yep. But it wasn't. You were, you were just like... Welcome home. Like you did just like the father did in Luke 15. But that's like, who they got it from. That's Going right. back to the same rate, it feels like, boy, that was a good thought. Well, yeah, because it looked where I got it from. <laughs> but my point was, when you're reading through John, we always have an easy enough time recognizing the transformation that happened with the woman at the well or uh, the woman caught in adultery in John 8. But then we don't apply that with these religious people who obviously have been raised in a religious environment because we know they were under the old system where they were. It was embarrassing that they can't celebrate with this guy that got healed with this new religious guy, which was Jesus, because of the way they couldn't get out of their their past and and what they had, which is. Of course, you, they had been there for 1,500 years. It, things can I know. get <clears> – <throat> But look, you see the same principle in our churches today is what I'm saying. A lot yep. of people have been raised a certain way, and they are so close-minded to any kind of spiritual application that's different than what they were taught. They literally become mean, judgmental, and incapable of celebrating some things that should be being celebrated. You're correct. And so my point is, it's the reason they are the way they are, and we have to understand that with trying to trying to encourage them. But it, it's still not an excuse, you know. And and I'm getting that from the guy saying, "What verses do I need?" Because in his mind, that's probably how he approached any kind of problem in his upbringing. And his well, just give him four verses, and that ought to do it. And I just know I've I've sat across from enough rebellious teenagers that ain't gonna work. You know that's, what I mean? You're not why, gonna read. You can read them the whole Bible every night. I'm telling you. That's gonna. why when the college professors move in, they're moving in with the kind of mind these young bucks out there, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. They used to go to church. They got bored. The college professors. The philosophers of this age gets mm-hmm. a hold of them, Jace, mm-hmm. and after about three or four years, they all three fourths of them abandon the faith, and out in the world they go. You say they they out teach us. They out. Mm-hmm. Th- there's no. But the problem is, it's the heart of the person. That's what it, your point. It goes back to, am I willing? I saw it in you, Dad. So you, once you had clarity and understood. How much you needed Christ? Yep. You were a sponge. You talk about verses. I remember Dad would invite our yeah. preacher out. You'd feed him fish, and then he would feed you Bible and us for two hours. I mean, it would just be peppering him with questions. Oh, you know, Smith. Exactly so he right. loved fish, and we and at that point we loved the Bible. You know. So, yep. but, but but your clarity had changed. That, but the that reason was, that the Word of God is living and active. And you know the other verse that says all scripture, Second Timothy three sixteen, all all scripture is God breathed. But 
it has to be presented in that light. That's why the power of the Bible is is explaining it, because you're unleashing God, you know, in a relational, like he in pursuit of you right. through Jesus, the image of God, and now the power of the Holy Spirit. But if that's your, if you're more trying to look at someone and say, well, his image of God has changed. That's why I brought up before we started today. You had written down those points about the nature of God, mm-hmm. and you had uh, what you had. You had omnipotence, which is all powerful, omniscient. omniscient, which is all knowing, omnipresent, omnipresent, everywhere at the same it, time. He's not bound, and what was the other one? Eternal. And he's eternal, which is kind of the same thing. I well, guess. not but, really, because but, eternal is more about there's he's outside time. Omnipresent means he's space. He's everywhere. Like mm-hmm. he does, he's not bound by space, which is pretty amazing because he in, in and, a spirit form. Yeah, the reason I'm bringing that up is because when a person starts thinking about God like that, well, all of a sudden, this stuff he's doing in his room, thinking nobody's seeing, what well, he's like, well, wait a minute, yeah, <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> so that's what I mean because a lot of people, I'm sure they'll hear me, and they're like, well, you're saying it's not powerful to read the Bible. Yeah, if that's all you got. You know, go up to his room and read it while he's sitting in there. I mean, you know, unleash the power. But what I've said as a parent or when I'm trying to share these scriptures with someone, what I'm actually doing is I'm trying to share Jesus and God as their father and the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is just kind of the the way we're doing it because that's the way God set it up. But if I'm in a place where I don't have a Bible, well, I still share it. I mean, I don't – which. I guess that's not too many places, but still, yeah. it, it's not a theological argument. I'm not trying to out-argue. Win an argument. Yeah, I'm trying to introduce them to a person who I think is awesome and that can really have an impact on their life, and that, that's basically how it's done. So let's take one last break. So, Jace, what, what was McGuigan's old saying? Uh, uh, scripture, what? Scriptures. Yeah, he said the power. He's from Ireland. He's, he's I, Ireland. I love this guy. You know? <laughs> he's a, he's one of our go-to. And, and I'll say this. I'll say it. this. He has helped me more. You know, when I was a young man with understanding the relational aspect of how the Bible was written more than any any anybody else. Jim and, McGuigan, that's his name. Yeah, because now he he's he's a very smart individual, and some of the things you're reading, I'm like. I wish he would have just said that a little more simply. <laughs> but he would say the power of preaching is it's not exegesis, you know, it's memorization. Not memorizing, but he had the more sophisticated words for all that. And he went through a long list and he came down and his final one it's it's explanation. And cuz that was his point. You're if they don't get what it means, you can, I mean, just think about it. You can memorize the whole Bible, memorize it, and that have no bearing on your way, life whatsoever. It, it, it is right. interesting that when the Apostle Paul told Timothy how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Now, listen how this is worded. If it was the end, that's all you need. Watch. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus in other words, he said, all Scripture is God-breathed, and the, he, here's the way he phrases it, <clears throat> and it's useful, yep. which they are useful. Sure. They're useful for teaching, 
for correct rebuking, for correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. But he's using words like, they're not what saves you. Like you diligently study them, you think by them you'll have eternal life. He said, but you refuse to come to me. These scriptures are pointing us to a person. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you say, it's an intriguing idea, but you say, well, when you read it, uh, people who are lovers of money, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, you read all of the bad things that happened to them. Right. You have the reading here, and you would think, well, here's what's going to happen to you, son. Did you read Jesus, the verse before, Phil? 15? No, I didn't read it before. Because, look, I want to just read that. Because 2 Timothy 3.16 is a famous verse. But in the context, you say, what brought that phrase on that all scriptures God breathed? Just listen to how this is worded. It starts in the in the middle of a sentence in 15, so I'll read 14. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Yep. Because you know those from whom you learned it and how far from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. I, I love this phrase is what I was trying to get to which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He had the same They principle. don't save you the scriptures. They but point he you, saves you. Yeah, they pointed you to Jesus and then you had developed a faith, a belief, which is look, in John 5, he says the same identical principle. You say, well, where did he say faith in John 5? Right before he said in verse 21 about, not 21, uh, 39, where it says you diligently study the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Look what he said in verse 37 and 38. And the father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. And he was he was explaining when you think about what faith is the difficulty in believing in something you can't see. Yep. And he's like, that's why I came. You see me, and you still don't believe me. And you read the scriptures, and you still don't get it because it's about me. And I look at everybody, you know, in churches today. It's the same problem. There's people who know the Bible, who sing songs, who sit in the building and look, and they don't know Jesus. Sure of what you hope for, faith. And certain of what you do not see, mm-hmm. that is the that that that's the that's the mountain you got to climb over before you can be a faithful person. And let's face it, we all know folks, unfortunately, that know a lot of scripture, but are some of the meanest, least loving people you'll ever run up on. And that's mean. terrible. It should never be that way. But you see it, and and the reason why is you you hit it. They miss Jesus. Well, that's uh, man. We finally landed this plane, and we never got where we were going, but we'll do that next time. Um, It's a perfect setup for where we are in John 5 because basically it's talking about testimony about Jesus, which was the whole point. So we'll uh, we'll get there next time on Unashamed. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook, and be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.